Welcome to the College Commons Bully Pulpit Podcast. My name is Joshua Holo, your host, and today it is my great pleasure to welcome Dr. Stephen Winmuller, who is the Gottschalk Professor Emeritus of Jewish Communal Service at the Hebrew Union College and my predecessor as the Dean of the Jack H. Skirball Campus in Los Angeles. Steve, welcome to the Bully Pulpit. Thank you, uh, Dean Holo, for inviting me to be part of this discussion. I look forward to it. Steve, I grew up in the 70s and 80s in Los Angeles, and like many Jews in America, I kind of treated liberalism and Judaism Mm -hmm. as synonyms. Are they? Well, I think for many Jews they are, and I think that that is one of the sort of mystiques or issues that has to be unpacked, because there are significant numbers of Jews who hold other political um, ideologies and viewpoints. And when you say significant, what are we talking about? Well, today we believe that as many as 30% of American Jews either are Republican or lean toward certain uh, independent positions that differ, in fact, from their parents' or grandparents' positions. So we have seen the beginnings of a shift, at least on the edges, in terms of the arrival of Orthodox Jews who themselves are much more traditional. The traditional, pre- not just religiously, but in the American political in, spectrum. Exactly. As well as the presence in this country now of Israeli Americans, Persian Americans, former Russian citizens who are now part of the American landscape, who really are telling a different story about the mix of ideas, political ideas, in American Jewish life. So what you're, what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that our liberalism, which is timed correctly with the same th- period as uh, labor Zionism, for example, mm-hmm from the late 19th, early 20th century, the great immigration to to the New World, is really about the rise of socialism in the European story and the the great left-wing, right-wing debates where the Jews were on the left. Yes. And so that has been the basis demographically of American Judaism. As that changes, certain assumptions about the associations politically also change. Right. It's very interesting. Voting is one of the last things that a ethnic or cultural or even a religious community changes. In America in general. In America in general. And, and the Jewish community is a kind of prototype of this, where the steadfastness to the notion that Judaism is about liberalism and many of its core values seem to be in alignment with certain political ideas related to social justice and economic equality and opportunity and, and a whole array of other thematic principles. But there is this now undercurrent of a very different modality, as you described in, in, in your comment. And indeed, the reform movement itself, which is the bastion of left-wing American Judaism, was in fact divided in the early 20th century between the sort of Isaac Mayer Wise camp, which was Cincinnati-based and pretty socially conservative, and and the Stephen S. Wise camp, which was New York-based and all about labor and co-founder of the NAACP and the, that whole social social yeah. movement. It, it's, it's very true. In the late 19th century, the East-West tensions were between Cincinnati and New York, and they would evolve into some additional tensions between the old German-Jewish elites, led in part by the arrival of Jacob Schiff and then Louis Marshall of the American Jewish Committee, who were much more conservative and really pushed back against the reformers in some of their ideas about where best American Jews ought to position themselves politically. What are some examples of the difference in that period? 
Well, clearly the issue of, of the role the Jewish community would play around uh, the question of Zionism, the pushback of, on the part of Schiff and, and others about being rather cautious about how far to push the American administration in support of a Jewish state, or going to Versailles with Wilson, and what really were they looking to achieve. Where Marshall and Schiff and others were really interested in creating um, equal opportunities for all minorities, creating the position that in Eastern Europe, Central Europe, there would be democracies where all groups could fully participate. Obviously, for Stephen Wise and others, this was very much a, a single-issue agenda. They were coming to the table pushing the Zionist uh, agenda. Were there internal American debates uh, along the lines of traditional pro-business republicanism versus um, New Dealer-type uh, liberalism as well? Yes. In Marshall's biography and in those who have written both about Schiff and Marshall, for example, you find references to sound money, to conservative social values, to the notion that it was good for American Jews to see that the Republicans represented sort of stability and continuity of the American story. And so for them, the notion that they would support Democrats just did not seem to be a, a part of their mindset. And back then, what were the percentages of Republican slash conservative versus liberal slash Democrat? Well, this still was evolving in a sense. And so you had a very split Jewish community. From the time of Lincoln's second election, 1864, until really Theodore Roosevelt and his rise of the progressives, you had a very strong Republican base among American Jews, as best as we can now identify. Though it meant something different back then. It absolutely meant something very different, but it was the framework that Lincoln was sort of the godfather of the Jewish people mm. in the American context. His story of freeing the slaves, his uh, response to Ulysses S. Grant's Order Number 11, which had isolated Jews in the uh, Tennessee River Valley, um, and, and other issues that, that Lincoln articulated were very much resonated with, with the generations that would follow, and he was sort of seen as the, the figurehead of this sort of view of what America ought to be. And with the arrival of the class of Jews from Central and Eastern Europe, between 1881 and 1921. Exactly, who came with all of their sort of socialist perspectives and anarchist views and really uh, exploring all types of political options. They would move the, the sort of the baseline of the Jewish vote toward the Democratic Party. And then by 1932, as we know, this was solidly entrenched. And from 1932, through all of our past numbers of elections, we've seen a fairly consistent pattern of, of Jewish voting, uh, with fluctuations in between which we can talk about and explain why. Hovering 80-20 Democrat-Republican? Uh, at times it was 80-20, at other times it was closer to 90, and still at other times it was in the 65 to 75 percentile. Again, depending on the presidency and the particular issues around a, a, an election. So what's a notable example? Well, I think Ronald Reagan's first run uh, in course, 1980. 1980. First of all, um, you had three candidates running, uh, John Anderson as the independent, Jimmy Carter um, as representing, uh, you know, the the Democratic uh, Party, and certainly uh, Ronald Reagan uh, as the as the Republican candidate, and 
in part because Carter was perceived by the Jewish community as somewhat problematic on issues related to both Iran and to his care and concern for Israel, this created a shift in the Jewish vote. So Ronald Perhaps Reagan... not so different from Obama. Exactly. And, and thereby the numbers demonstrated a higher interest in both Anderson and, and Reagan that had historically been received. Even though Jimmy Carter would retain the majority of Jewish votes, uh, the reality was that in that election, uh, we saw a definite swing to the Republican and Independent side. But the interesting counter-voice in 1984, four years later, is that the Jewish community reverts back to its traditional position uh, and, and is somewhat fearful of Reagan in the second run because the religious right has suddenly entered the scene in, right. and the moral, on his initiative. And exactly, and the moral majority and all right. of the voices of the religious evangelical community in 1980s suddenly begin to form, whether it's Pat Robertson or, or a host of other clergy who begin to, to be the presence of that voice. Which is interesting because it raises the issue of what is the active ingredient in the Jewish expression of its interests. Mm -hmm. In 1980, it's Israel. Mm -hmm. But in 1984, it's domestic. It's about social concerns, which begs the question for today. And you mentioned certain socially conservative groups that are larger in our population, certainly here in LA, uh, Persian Jews, Russian Jews, Israelis, that might be shifting on a number of issues, not just Israel. So as we look to 2016, do you think that there might be social issues as well as Zionist issues that are going to shape the Jewish vote? Oh, absolutely. I'm I think we will see a debate on the whole question of immigration uh -huh. and the whole issue of refugees in particular. All right, especially if they're Syrian. And we're likely as well to see an additional conversation about social values of the society, questions about how people conduct themselves and the whole notion, uh, do guns kill people or do people kill people? Uh, right. And the conversation having to do with how we really are preparing next generations to, to sort of become American. Are there Jews who are really active in the Tea Party? Yes. In fact, in a Gallup study of several years ago, it, it suggested that, and I have to also question this number, but I'm, I will present it here with some caveats, that 15% of American Jews share or hold views that are a, a part of the Tea Party culture or Tea Party positions. I'm not sure that that's a fair fair reading of the Jewish community. There are no doubt there are Tea, tea, tea Party Clearly, Jews, often from the Midwest and often from a red state communities. It fits a kind of natural notion that there are Jews in America who've grown up Republican. We really studied them. They are embedded in small communities um, where they have sort of mimic the culture and the politics of the society in which they are living and, and uh, their, their uh, social behaviors reflect in so many ways, including their voting behaviors. What about These wealth and, and the issues of taxation and, mm -hmm. and the desire to... Uh, absolutely. To That's certainly the other factor, which is that there are folks who come to the Tea Party and to the libertarian posture of the Republican Party from the perspective of, of really fearful of government, distrusting of government, and wanting government less intrusive into their lives. And there's a whole school of thinking. And then, as we already know, the neoconservatives who have been around now for 30 to 40 years. In some cases, were led by Jewish thinkers. And exactly. And the neoconservative camp 
which is less interested in, in some of these tax and economic issues, but very interested in a very strong U.S. defense policy, yeah. a commitment to religious values, and a perspective of, of believing that the country needs a national security as a sort of centerpiece of how it positions itself in the world. Now, as we break out the different um, mm -hmm. colors of conservatism in the Jewish community, are there issues that are more alienating than others when we look inward as a Jewish community? Mm -hmm. Is a neocon going to be more at home speaking with what we consider mainstream Jewish liberals than, for example, a Tea Party Jew? Mm -hmm. oh, that's an interesting question. My suspicion is that he, is, he or she is actually used to speaking to liberals and is constantly embroiled <laughs> right, with them. Right, right. Therefore, there is a, a rhythm to their conversation. I'm not sure that's been created by groups that have sort of formed to the sort of right of, of the neoconservative community. And that community is, is what I have written about called the angry Jews, mm. Jews who are really angry with uh, a lot of aspects of American culture and American society and certainly U.S. policy in whether it's regards to Israel or it has to do with, with uh, gun control because they s certainly believe that uh, everyone should be entitled to, to have access to guns under the Second Amendment. And there is a group uh, that has been formed in the Jewish community that actually um, heralds this position um, that argues for the right of Jews and everyone else to bear arms and has become another one of the voices inside the the Republican uh, right. Is it growing Jewishly in, in the Jewish? There, there are some, some signs of growth, but the centrist growth in the Republican Jewish world is really the Orthodox community, its numbers, uh, young business and professional people, the emergence now of, of young Persian and, and Russian Jews who are beginning to assert their, their place in, in the Jewish world. So the statistical mm -hmm. pale in which uh, we've located mm -hmm. Jewish conservatives thus far has been between 65% Democrat mm -hmm. to 90% Democrat, mm -hmm. and the remainder being conservative or Republican. Mm -hmm. Do you see for the next cycle the Jewish conservative population to be moving larger but still within that pale, mm -hmm. or do you think they're going to burst mm -hmm. through the history? Uh, well, I, I still think it's a kind of 65% guaranteed sort of democratic Jewish vote. For the foreseeable uh, future. And uh, those numbers, as, as, as you've articulated, uh, grow and retract depending on candidates and on the issues that are at hand and on the previous performance of a candidate. So in part, Hillary's vote will be defined in part about a referendum on Barack Obama because right. she's going to be seen as the carrier of the sure. of the Obama administration's policies. And uh, you see a net growth in um, American mm -hmm. Jewish conservatism um, from Barack Obama's second term to whoever we vote for in uh, the next election? There is a likelihood of, there's a likelihood of such a, uh, such a, a continuous shift to the right. And among the various mm -hmm. factors that you've articulated mm -hmm. that push or pull Jews right or left, if there is a net mm -hmm. growth in the Jewish right, as you've mm -hmm. indicated there may be in the coming year, would you say it's mostly because of suspicion of Barack Obama vis-a-vis -vis Israel? 
that's a centerpiece to much of it. And the more general question is the United States foreign policy as a whole and U.S. defense and national security interests in, in very general terms. The interesting thing that we should watch is not so much the vote, but the, the bully pulpit, the extraordinary number of Jewish activists who are giving money to Republican-based candidates and causes who write about positions that they embrace on the right. This is where the, the real sort of vitality we're, we're beginning to see is, is more in the expression of, of the resources that Jews are lending to this conversation, not so much the Jewish vote as it is in these other frames of, of participation and activism. If there is a net growth in Jewish mm -hmm. conservatism, uh, even within the pale that you've uh, mm -hmm. delineated, do you think it's a healthy thing for the increased variety that is implied by that growth? Or do you think that we lose a certain corporate um, strength in greater unity? I guess I have written to the latter point, arguing that unity is an important element for a minority community. Um, but there is a reality about what happens to an ethnic or religious community now four and five generations into it's an American uh, it's an Americanization yeah. evolution, if you wish. And, and we could not or should not expect to hold this sort of monolithic perspective that all Jews will remain liberal and need to fully embrace the fact that what are the possible advantages and opportunities a minority community can have in having its foot in both political camps. When you see Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders as candidates doing extraordinarily well, what is that saying in the Jewish community? Are they receiving the same kind of infatuation and support, or are they being rejected? Because the Jewish community has been pretty traditional about wanting um, serious political That's figures right. yeah. to, to carry the continuity of American ideas right. and, and politics. Right. Yet Sanders somehow has struck an interesting chord with Jews out of the labor Zionist and throwback, yeah. socialist. Um, right. He himself is a throwback. Exactly. Yeah. And when I speak to audiences who are in their 70s and 80s and they speak about having been part of the same sort of mindset and, and, and social world of Bernie Sanders, they find him attractive and fascinating, even if they're not certain that he can win. And even if they are representing less of a percentage of the Jewish vote. Exactly. Now, um, what about the association between evangelical Christianity and Zionism? Is that something that's a mover of Jewish votes, or is it just something that we talk about as an interesting potential conflict or confluence of interest? I think it's probably less a factor today than it was in the periods we spoke about a bit earlier. Uh, my sense is that um, the evangelicals themselves are less of a force than they were no. years ago. And, and they're also moving to the center a bit. Absolutely. And in order for the Republicans to win and for the evangelicals to believe they can make a difference, I think there is at least a realization that you need a somewhat of a centrist place in the, in the political spectrum to, to really win the, the presidential election. All right, so let's wrap up with some hard, hard predictions here. Who's going to win the, uh, the, 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 let's start with the Republicans. Give us a prediction on who's going to win the Republican primary.
Well, I think in the end it will be one of the more establishment figures. This, this, this may take a while to flush Including out. Including Jewish voting on the right is yeah. going to prefer. And that's, that is already demonstrated by where Jewish money is moving mm -hmm. in terms of the Republican um, camp. And we see much of that going to Mar um, Marco Rubio. Interesting. And I think that he oh. may well be the, the darling of a number of groups, not just those that, that may be part of the Jewish uh, Republican or conservative ranks. Interestingly, so, also, mm -hmm. he's getting hardest hit from his own right mm -hmm. flank. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which presumably relates to the Jewish right, that mm -hmm. the Jewish right is not as far right as the non-Jewish right. Yeah, I think in, in some cases that's the case, and in other cases I would caution us to be uh, a little more circumspect about that principle. Interesting. On the Democratic side, this will not be a, a walk into, into, into the nomination for Hillary. It will be a, a contested affair, certainly at the outset. And uh, although Hillary Clinton will be the Democratic nominee. And the winner of the Jewish vote? There's no doubt still that the Jewish vote remains, as we've discussed in our conversation, in the Democratic camp. How strong it will be and what it will look like uh, will be some of the interesting questions to explore further. The role of women. Yes. The issue of younger Jewish voters. And the question of how many people are disaffected by Barack Obama to the point that they would declare themselves to be uh, voting as independents or Republicans. All right. Well, we will definitely be checking in with you to uh, test the veracity of these uh, predictions <laughs> and hold your feet to the fire. But as always, it's a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, here's to 2016.